favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. One of the things we strive to do on the Conquer Local podcast is bring sales professionals that have been there and done that. A number of years ago, I met a young lady. Her name is Trisha Score. She was the head of global sales at the time for Mono Solutions, which is a website platform. It's delivered all over the world for local businesses to handle their web presence. And recently, Trisha has moved on to be the head of sales for a little company called Microsoft in Denmark. And we are going to get Trisha on the line. She's not quite ready to go on mat leave yet, as she's expecting a, a little one here soon. But we're going to talk to her about a few things around her journey. First, leading sales for a multinational tech company, and now leading sales for multinational tech company in Denmark and with a remote workforce. And we're going to ask a bunch of questions around how they are experiencing this work from home and sales with the new normal that we're facing. Trisha Score, the head of sales for Microsoft in Denmark, coming up next on the Conquer Local podcast. Well, my good friend Trisha Score joining me here on the Conquer Local podcast. She's probably thinking it's overdue. Why didn't George have me on earlier? Um, Trisha, good to see you. How is you six months pregnant? How is the new little sales champion coming? We're doing good, George. Thanks. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here and, and good to connect. So any indication, boy, girl, you know, gonna be top performer in six months on you get them out selling here in the next year, like just get them on the street, closing deals. Yeah, no, we're gonna take the old school route and, and wait until we see it to know what it is. So we're not gonna find out the gender and then be a little bit non-traditional these days. Um, but definitely hit the ground selling, you know, teach negotiation skills one-on-one right away. <laughs> so we, we got a, a strong boot camp in place for when it comes comes along, whether it's a girl or a boy. So. Well, I have to put context around the joke. You're like, wow, you're digging deep and that's very personal. The last time Trisha and I saw each other, we were in Portugal and we were riding to a, a river cruise. I was wondering why she wasn't drinking, but now I know why. Um, and uh, you were telling me a story about your four-year-old, four year three-year-old that negotiates around candy. And I was like, this is impressive salesmanship. Yeah, we definitely took the um, candy reward for potty training route. And then one day he says, mama, I pooped and I peed in the potty. Do I get two candies? And I knew I had a salesman right then and there. That is called so. upsell. I love that. <laughs> Well, you, you have been in the sales business for a long time. We met, you were head of global sales for Mono Solutions, and then you, the big bombshell was dropped. It wasn't, no, we're having another baby. It was, no, I'm going to head up sales for Microsoft. Uh, and we also should mention that you are on the phone with us from uh, Copenhagen. So can yeah, we talk so a little bit about the role that you have now? Yeah, absolutely. So I did make the transition uh, just about two months ago, so... Um, I think right before all the, the work-life situations changed around the world. But I decided to take a more local role with the Microsoft Denmark sub here um, to support our dynamic sales and move away from the global sales that I was doing. For reasons that you've mentioned earlier in the podcast as well, <laughs> I thought it was time to be a little bit more domestic and less international. Albeit, I love drinks with you in Cape Town, George. It will be much more conducive to a, 
a two-kid family to be local in Denmark. No, we've talked about this a few times that, you know, I've, I always admired that you were able to balance both and you and your husband, you know, were able to handle that because you traveled a lot in the last position and, you know, having more, you know, I, I traveled a ton and I just couldn't do that if my kids were younger. It just, you know, and you, you were able to balance it. But now you're over at Microsoft, you're 40 days into the new role and, and you know, what's that transition like going from a 70-person organization to, what, 700,000 people work at Microsoft or does everybody, I think everybody works at Microsoft somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, exactly. No, um, it has been a, a different tra- transition. Prior to Mono, I was also at a Microsoft partner. Um, based in, in Kenya, and we, we've spoken about that before, and was a much larger organization as well. So I think over the years, I've definitely had a myriad of um, large and small startups, international, locally focused companies. So it's always been good, I think, to challenge, and, and I enjoy the change in dynamics every once in a while, I think, to keep me on my toes, as one may say. Um, so it's been going really well. Obviously, the times now are, have changed. So from when I joined to the situation now, of course, we're all working remotely and, and that's different, but we've been having some really great energy on the team uh, and creating the right work environment to keep the momentum going and onboarding that we need to make sure that you know we can continue to achieve sales targets and goals and, and manage all of that. So it's been different, but it's been really well. Yeah, I, I get asked a number of times, people are like, well, what's it like everybody being remote it's kind of funny. I'm I'm not remote. I go to work, uh, but everybody else is remote. So there's only about three of us in the office, and and so I'm social distanced. Um, but you know, we you and I have both done business remote for a number of years because our prospects were all over the world, and and you had it's a different thing. How do you think people are are coping? And maybe you could give us some some tips as to what you've been doing with your team to get them to cope with a you know 100 work from home type environment. Yeah, well, for us in Denmark, it was definitely an overnight type scenario where, you know, one day we all went home from work and we had our um, prime minister give a uh, press conference in the evening and the next day, you know, no one went to work. So there was really a a kind of shock in place with it as well. Um, And quite quickly, we just adapted to daily what we call stand-ups, as you would in any other tech environment, and we do them online. So, you know, we leverage online meeting tools. Of course, we use Teams at Microsoft. And being able to go in and every morning just touch base. Hey, what are your challenges today? What questions are top of mind? And just have that real quick coffee conversation in a virtual environment. Um, So that was one of the first things we did. We also have onboarded a lot of new people remotely. So we've had three people start since we're in a remote atmosphere. Um, And that has been challenging just for continuity of um, getting to know people and and have the opportunity to to help them with those simple questions. So we try to set up weekly meetings with them or touch bases and just leverage the chat tools to make sure that everyone still feels they're connected. Um, but it definitely is a challenge and it, is cha- it has changed the way we onboard new employees. Well, it, it's, it's interesting. You know, you work at one of the biggest technology companies on the planet with one of the best names too, by the way. And, and uh, you have all of that technology at your avail. So you talked about Microsoft Teams, which is a very popular solution. You've had a great lift in revenue, by the way. I, I'm a shareholder, so I've been watching the numbers. Um, but... You know, just because you have that technology, it's interesting that you would say bringing on three remote employees for their first few days of work was a challenge. And and I think what I want people to understand is 
Just because you have the tech, you still have to deploy it with the best practice to be successful. Absolutely. And, you know, just in sales, we always say people buy from people. You know, people learn from people. People are mentored by people. People are coached by people. You can never take the people factor out of what we do regardless if we're selling or we're hiring employees or we're onboarding. And I think that's the most important part is we've instituted even walk-in talks remotely. So today I, I went out and, you know, I had a half hour call with all my new hires and just chatted with them about, hey, what's it like in your house? How's your family doing? You know, did you get a good run in this morning? Those type of conversations, because that's essentially what's going to create those connections and create trust between a manager and employee, in my opinion. And it's proven to be successful. So we're six and a half weeks into our our work from home. And I tried to make that personal connection every week with every employee. Well, I like that term. So walk and talk. I've also heard it as a virtual drive-by, you know, those types of things where you just check in, see how people are doing and, and remember the human portion of human interaction, even though it is it is virtual. Absolutely. And I try to keep all business review conversations as much as we are focused on targets and, and making numbers as everyone is. And, and for Microsoft, this is Q4. So we all know Q4 in any sales context can be uh, the big one or the most stressful, the most rewarding, you know, however you want to frame it for your um, current Q4. And I have taken all business context out of it and said it's really great to, you know, to learn just about you guys and, and what your challenges are, your questions, and, and let's just chat and talk about it. Because if we tie too much business into it, then it becomes not a personal connection. It becomes yet another business conversation. And right now, I think everyone is very much focused on what they need to do, being a seller in the organization. And, and they need to know that they're not alone, because a lot of people are probably feeling really alone right now, sitting at home. <laughs> No, and I, I appreciate that. And that, that's really good advice. One of the things I asked you is we were, when we were looking at this, I've read a number of books and, and you know, you, your, uh, your name came up in my mind as I was thinking, who started something new that we could get some insights? And one of the things we wanted to talk about is that first 60 days, first 90 days when you're with a new organization, especially as the head of sales, um, you're, I think I'm reading between the lines, but I'd like you to, to be a little more pointed on this. You're, you're really trying to drive home the human portion. And could that be because, you know, you're working for Microsoft, so it's not like you're hiring juniors. You're, you're bringing in people with a level of experience. So you're not really worried about, you know, you've hired the right people. Now it's about building a team and building a, a culture. Is that what, am I reading what you're saying correctly? Absolutely. And I think in all my positions, even at Mono, as you know, George, we had extensive growth when I was there and we started up a stronger sales and partner engagement team and had the opportunity there to really look at, you know, what drives that. And it always comes down to the people and the culture that you create. Um, and when I was working in Africa, we opened up eight countries and hired new teams from, you know, managing directors to sales to services. And we always look for people that contributed to the culture that we supported. And that was really around growth and learning and the right mindset to be a, a team contributor. So people that were looking at what they could do for the good of the whole, not for the good of the self. And, and that's kind of been a philosophy I've, philosophy I've taken with me everywhere that I've been a sales leader. Well, we're, we're learning a lot today and I knew that we would on this episode. So let's move into the next piece. And, and I think that, you know, I want to get your opinion 
I believe that if you're looking for a job in sales, things look a little different today than they did before this event. So what advice would you give someone? And, you know, I, I, I say this with an enormous amount of empathy because I look online and I see people I'm connected with on LinkedIn saying, you know, after 25 years, I was laid off by iHeart or Entercom or CBS or like I'm seeing just this barrage and it's just, I, you know, you, you touch wood, cross your fingers, but with empathy, now, you know, you, you've got the package, you're done, you're, now you got to think about what's next. So I'd love for you to give some advice to these people that are, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been selling, but I want to keep selling, but now I've got to look at a job and it's, it's going to look different, isn't it? It is. I think we've learned a lot in this time, you know, being remote and what it takes to sell and what companies are looking for is also probably going to change, you know, the opportunity to if we want to say wine and dine deals has been restricted. And so the conversation driving to value has become so much more and companies are going to be looking for someone that really knows how to drive home those value propositions and, and give a value sale. And I think it will become more important and the buyers are also going to expect that. So, you know, when we're looking for a job, I think the questions we'll see from uh, employers will change. They will be very much looking for someone that has strong selling experience and away from relationship building. As important as it's going to be, it has been tested. So relationships have been tried very hard over the last couple of weeks or months in these types. And the, the procurement teams, right, the CFOs are asking, what's the value in this? So the way in which I think we look at sellers and hire sellers is going to change. And therefore, sellers are going to have to pitch themselves differently. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Jens, our procurement expert. So we brought somebody from the dark side into a sales podcast to talk about procurement. And it was it was very interesting to me. I'm dealing with procurement on a couple of deals right now. Um, I echo what you're talking about. The value proposition needs to be way stronger. And the other thing is, is uh, as much as delivering value, removing the risk, and, and talking about where you have been and where you have won is, is becoming even more important. They're, they need a lot more proof um, as, as they move forward on that decision-making process, which I think that happens after any sort of downturn. It, it doesn't need to be a global downturn like we're facing now. It, it could just be in a regional um, effort or maybe something that's tied to a business vertical. So I, I agree with you. What, what about the feeling of isolation? What about the, you know, it, it's funny, I'm, I'm home now, not on the road. I was on the road 180 some odd days last year and um, I'm, I'm going a little stir crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I, I uh, said to someone the other day, I miss uh, my lounges and uh, what, I, what I actually miss is the alone time where I would take a book or I would take a podcast and I would listen to it or I would listen to some film review of salespeople. And, and now I'm finding I have to compete with very needy Labrador dogs. Um, the, the unending multitude of things that I need to do around the house that have been on a list that I could just say, no, I'm on the road. So everything's painted, closets are clean. But those moments where you can just unplug, I'm wondering if, if you're finding this from the people you're talking to is it's um, when, when they've been used to that travel, wondering if you could help me out. Am I the only crazy person on earth that feels this way? No, I think absolutely not. Um, we are definitely, you know, having in multiple different times in my life, travel of 50, 70 percent 
on the road to going to no travel on the road, not even driving on the roads in some days, right? right. <laughs> it becomes a, a bit of a uh, kind of a gut check, if we call it that. You know, it gives us a lot more time to figure out is that dr driving us? Is that making us more successful as in sales? I like to think about, or am I, can I be even more successful really spending the time structuring my, my engagements? Um, so I don't know. I think everyone has their own level. Some people are really taking advantage of the downtime. Um, I think if you are not employed and looking for a job, now is the time to really connect with your your mentors or find a good mentor. I think that is, you know, one piece of advice that we really need to remember is it goes back to networking and having a strong mentor can be super valuable in a time like this. Someone to bounce those ideas off of and engage with and be able to, to, you know, do the sparring about what is next and, and their thoughts. Um, and I know we all talk about mentors, but I think, Harvard Business Review even says that you know, only about 50% of people have mentors, yet almost 75% of people think it's really important. So it's one of those scenarios where we need to really do it, not just talk about it. Um, and now's the time more than ever for us to align our mentors, align those people we worked with you know, years ago and, and really reconnect with them because they're the ones that can help us understand what's next and, and where we can go if we need it. So in, in our uh, recording sessions, we've been talking to our guests because we're dealing in uh, post-COVID. Um, not that it's over, but post the moment that it occurred and, and it started to impact our, uh, our society, our jobs, our families. And we're, deal we're dealing with those pieces and we're learning. But here's the thing. I believe, and I wanted to get your opinion on this, I believe that this will now be the true catalyst for digital transformation. And you and I have been professing digital transformation at various stages over the, the last few years to a, an industry that's dealing with local businesses. And I, I think that, you know, it's very interesting that now we're really understanding that local businesses are very important. So we have this moment in time that we'll look back at and they'll do movies about it and there'll be books and there'll be all this crazy stuff where that was the moment where true digital transfer, and I really believe this to be true and you can beat me up if you think I'm wrong. Um, but with that, for those of us who were already digitally transformed, and had built out the LinkedIn profile and realized that we needed to be doing email marketing and not just marketing, but getting our message out there and white papers and case studies. And now everybody starts doing that and using those tactics. Like you're, you're right. Those mentors, that learning, that constant evolution really needs to ramp up. That's my, that's my opinion. I'm wondering if you agree with me or not. Yeah. I mean, I think I do. And I don't George. I think the digital transformation, yes, is happening. But I remember someone saying, we'll never see another newspaper printed, right? By 2020, there will never be another newspaper printed. And you know what? We're in 2020 and I still see some newspapers, albeit maybe not as many. Mm -hmm. They're still there. So I think we as tech and tech leaders and in, in, in that environment have this huge aspiration for everything to be digital tomorrow or digital yesterday, maybe even. Mm -hmm. And it happens and we do see leaps and bounds and scaling and and, you know, definitely from online collaboration tools. And we've seen the, the stock skyrocket on all the other tools and everything that's out there to facilitate this. But we still don't see the need for cell phones disappearing. 
right? People are still picking up the phone and calling people. People are still texting. So I think the transition always takes longer than we want it to. No, I, I agree with that. I just, what well, I guess what I'm looking for is, you know, you, you deal with one of the biggest tech companies on the planet again, you know, the Microsoft folks, and you're always innovating. And do you think that there will be more of an appetite? And then if we have those early digital adopters, how are they going to up their game then to compete in that space? And I get it. Not everybody's, you know, that wouldn't that be great if everybody just picked up the phone, dialed us and bought our stuff. I don't know if that's, you know, going to happen. I agree with that part. I guess what I, what I'm trying to say is I think that there's a trans, there will be more of a transition now because we have a catalyst and those who had moved on the transformation need to still take it up a notch because you've got this other layer that's come in and they're learning some of those tricks. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's not that anybody, I guess my point is no one can sit on their rest on their laurels. Yeah. And I think the competition is, is heavier than ever in all parts of tech, right? As you said, you know, looking at innovation and, and companies growing every time we turn around, there's a new solution, whether it's another major competitor in the marketplace or people that have the, the sellers we were talking about earlier that have been laid off, have been inventing their own and, and been an innovative, uh, entrepreneur in these times, they're coming up with something to market as well. So on that point, I think you're absolutely right, George, that we are having to be smarter than ever, more innovative to meet the demands, because every time you turn around, someone is challenging it. Um, and there is more opportunity in a tech world to service now that we're leveraging tech at a higher level every day. If we look at the numbers of, of users logged on, it's an increasing and companies are going to need to change the way. So, you know, if we look at retail companies, they're going to change the way they do business. Everyone is going to be looking at different ways to not only do things, you know, more efficient or more cost effective, but different ways to change and adapt or different ways to adapt to the changes in the industry. So, yes, I think we will have innovation and, and challenges coming. Um, you know, if I if I knew what that looked like, George, you and I would be sitting on my boat someplace having this conversation. But I think uh, it is definitely uh, an impetus that we will have for more innovation and more change and as we go forward. I really appreciate the warning that you gave to our audience, though, because I think there is this feeling that we have this catalyst now and that everybody will just line up to build e-commerce websites, make sure that their listing data is correct, run the perfect ad campaigns with amazing creative and just go 100% digital. But we all know that you and I and salespeople everywhere will still have a job because I don't think those things are bought. I think they're sold by somebody who can help make it all work and and show the way so the, you know that is a good warning that uh, there still will be laggards that will not pick this up and run with it and there still will be an opportunity for a needs-based you know consultative uh, sales approach for quite some time till they build a robot can do what we do which would be hard um i really appreciate getting your time today and and it's exciting to hear that your market is going back to business uh we wish you all the best with that and all the best with the the family that's growing and all the best with the new opportunity with the great company microsoft we've had some other guests from microsoft on the podcast and you know i've, I've always admired you as, as one of the top sales leaders the other thing is you fill in that bloody crm right after you do an appointment i'm like that is so impressive because i'll wait days to do that work but uh, that attention to detail, I've always admired it and tried to be at least a quarter Trish 
on on things. Fill some of that paperwork out, George. So thanks again for your time and joining us. I know it's the evening there. So thanks for uh, getting on the call and uh, look forward to uh, more success for you in the future. Well, thank you, George. Always a pleasure to connect and all the best. Always enjoy speaking to Tricia. You just have to spend a couple of moments. She's definitely a, a pro. She's been doing this a long time and, and, uh, she gets it. And uh, the one thing that I really admire is she cares a lot about her team and she's a great coach and a great mentor for the team members. They're very fortunate to have her leading the sales organization that she's now leading for Microsoft. And and the other thing that I, I find interesting is she really spoke about culture. And I, and I believe this to my core, that culture has always been very, very important in building out a killer team that is just you know, they're all, they're firing on all eight cylinders and, you know, they're hitting the goals and they're doing the things that need to be done and taking care of customers. But you can tell she cares a lot about her team members. And in this time, I think it's even more important because we are, we're remote and we're not getting to stand at the water cooler every day. The, the walk and talk thing was a big takeaway for me. Let's not talk business. Let's talk about the things that we talk about at the water cooler, at the coffee machine. You know, those are the things that are missing as we've moved to to work from home. You may get on the odd FaceTime with your colleagues that is not on a, you know, a Zoom or a Microsoft team or, you know, some formal meeting sessions, but she's making time to still have those moments, those human moments, which are a really important part of the culture. And then it's interesting to hear that, you know, business continues. You'll notice that she talked about the fact it's Q4. And they're still expected to hit their numbers. And I think that, you know, that was one of the big transition things that I noticed is in speaking to partners that were dealing with work from home was this isn't a holiday. This isn't you at the lake and you're not coming to meetings and you're, you know, so some organizations have, you know, adopted, you got to have the camera on, um, which was forcing people to, you know, you got to dress ready for work. Now I I've wore t-shirts more than I ever have in, in business over the last little while, because it is a little bit different, but I, I think that whole idea of you show up ready to work, you have a quiet workspace where you can focus on. And it was really interesting to hear Trisha's thoughts as, as their organization transitioned to uh, working remote. And then the companies that Microsoft works with where, you know, Microsoft Teams revenue has went up dramatically as they've had to adapt and and provide those solutions. So some great insights there. Always great speaking to our international sales leaders. I just love getting that international flavor and hearing that ah, it's the same. You know, we may be in a different area, but it's the same challenges that all of us in the small little rock are. Uh, I hope you're staying safe, by the way. I got some feedback the other day. You know, you're all business. You don't really talk about, you know, I, I really do hope that people are staying safe and that you're getting back to business and we're getting back to some semblance of normal, whatever normal might be. We appreciate you joining us on this edition of the Conquer Local podcast. And uh, we look forward to getting your feedback. Reach out to us on LinkedIn, George Leith in the LinkedIn profile, or you can uh, join the Conquer Local community. We'll see you next time. My name is George Leith. I will see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath. <laughs>